0: Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to kick off. So, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Human Behaviour Show. Um, It's our second episode in video. So, I have a good friend of mine, Sorby, on today, who's a pharmacist, and she's quite interested in entrepreneurship as well. So, we're going to discuss a few things about startups, entrepreneurship, life, and relationships as well. So, Sorby, nice to see you here and have you on the episode. Love for you to kind of give a bit of a background.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's such an exciting new platform, and I, I'm always learning so much about digital life from you. I think I if I ever want to improve my digital language and you know skills, I always sort of stalk your socials and just see what you're up to. So this is really exciting. Thank you for including That's me. Good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm doing something right. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: A lot of people like when I post, a lot of the stuff goes uh like it goes beyond the head. I then I put too my wife was saying this as well. Like it's too much information (laughs) and half the people don't understand what I'm what I'm talking about either um so it's good to hear that someone's finding it useful
1: oh no absolutely I think it's it's just you know even if I don't understand something um I'll just look it up and then I'll ask you or I'll ask around um but I suppose maybe it's my generation we're a bit more interested in this sort of stuff and our generation we're sort of more you know we're inquisitive and we want to incorporate a lot more tech into our daily routine um so i think that's just i suppose comes with age maybe my colleagues who are slightly older at, at different work um sort of experiences that i'm doing they might struggle with that but i think the digital world is, is pretty connected and i think we're we're quite interested to know what you're up to
0: yeah i mean you said you follow ali Abdal as well as yeah. someone who gave me inspiration um Uh, the only way i started doing a lot of this was i read his newsletter and he was like put yourself online you probably heard it as well the most powerful way is actually being online in this day and age uh what are are your thoughts on that
1: yeah i absolutely agree i think there's like i also followed him in that time and i think covid was such a interesting time because all of us were sort of very bored and baking banana bread and Ali Abdal was you know building like a multi-million dollar multi-million pound (laughs) business and I think that was really interesting to see how further he grew just from like his online presence and I think that certainly inspired me to just to have more of a presence and not just post my food online but also create some meaningful content that's going to engage people a lot more um, so I, I do agree with it. I think there's there's pros and cons of having a digital footprint. You obviously can't take it back, um, and sometimes it can affect your traditional um, professionalism in in the workplace. But as long as you maintain that professionalism and you, you, I think I think it's it's difficult when you're a healthcare person because you really have to um, not cross any boundaries. But then also I think you should be allowed to portray yourself in the way that you want to. So um. Yeah, I mean, having said that, I I like what I've done with my digital. My very, I think I think it's it's difficult when you're a healthcare person because you really have to um not cross any boundaries, but then also I think you should be allowed to portray yourself in the way that you want to. So um yeah, I mean, having said that, I I like what I've done with my very small following and what I'm trying to impact on on my following and and the world that I I, I integrate with.
0: Yeah, I think. Look, everything grows over time. And Ali Abdal just was, in three years, I don't know how he got to millions of YouTuber uh, followers. And he is really good. His content, like, is kind of, I mean, when he when he f- films some of that stuff, it's almost his whole life. How he goes to bed, how he brushes his teeth, and, and that kind of level of, I guess, intricacy and thought he puts behind it is, like, incredible. And I think, yeah, he, he stands out. But I think there's a lot of different creators and different niches, and I think... Um, Nowadays, um, I know a lot of funding around investment is around the creator economy, because um, as AI is getting better, um, the thought is, is that the more human skills so like creation, creativity, that's what is more valuable. So that's why I think everyone needs needs to be online. Like he says, I think these skills are harder to replicate. Um, so definitely, I think I encourage it as well. I mean, I, I, I didn't like being online before. I was like, you know, why am I <laughs> doing this? But then I found the power of it. Um, The reach is incredible. Like um, Normally we live life just in a very small circle of people, right? But, I mean, as we connected as well, you connect with so many people and in so many different industries and you can brainstorm ideas. I think it's a big advantage. Um, Normally we live life just in a very small circle of people, right? But, I mean, as we connected as well, you connect with so many people and in so many different industries and you can brainstorm ideas. I think it's a big advantage. I mean, I've been able to connect with people across everywhere from from you know the US to Dubai and it's been super useful for me uh, so i did want to know kind of i know i know you're also thinking about startups a bit and i mean i've been able to connect with people across everywhere from from you know um and you know kind of i've done a lot of that especially with Amelie. um i wanted to know what what kind of drove you towards or driving you towards something that isn't that traditional something that's more of a risk something that you know maybe your your family might not be doing or people around you might not be doing because I'm in that same boat myself because I mean we're we're around a lot of medical people very traditional uh so sometimes it gets difficult you get a lot of questions as well um very risk averse Uh, so so what's driving you or what's kind of encouraging you towards this
1: um so I think that you and I are obviously very very privileged people to be in the position that we're in um because we we, we have that sort of traditional standing of a pharmacy background and a medic background like yourself and we we will always be in demand. So I suppose I saw it in the way that I have the ability to take a risk and I can fall back on my career any point I want to um, because we both are registered professionals. Um and then I also um and then I also think that in order to live a meaningful life you have to take a bit of a risk. Um so with my surroundings, I have a bit of a 50-50 split. I've got lots of academics and medics and pharmacists in my sort of circle, and then I've also got a lot of entrepreneurs. Funnily enough, um, so part I'm part of Business and Dreams, which is a huge female network of entrepreneurs. I think ninety percent of women are have their own business. Um, yeah. so I think being in that sort of environment did push me to look at my own, um, and I yeah. so I think. Being in that sort of environment did push me to look at my own. Um, And I I used to always think that entrepreneurship was a very male-dominated area. And I think to some extent it is. Um, Because guys, I guess, maybe are more likely to take risks and they feel more comfortable than women. Um, And this is a whole good girl syndrome, women to, you know, follow a certain pathway, get the grades, get the degrees, get married, settle down. But I I think that it's interesting to break those barriers and I would like to see what I can do with that. Um, And I I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It depends on how you want to live your life. Uh, But I like creativity. I don't think that a traditional route can allow you to be creative most of the time. Um, So I, I just want to make sure I'm not losing my creativity. And I think that a portfolio career, which is what I'm trying to build now, and hopefully eventually a long term business is what I would want to aim for in the future.
0: Yeah, I think you answered that excellently because um, I think the reasons were similar for me as well. Um, I mean, we do have the safety where we're not almost safety, where we're not almost taking a massive, massive risk because we can always fall back on something that's relatively okay. safe. And I think that does encourage you to take, especially when you're taking a massive, massive risk, because we can always fall back on something that's relatively okay. safe. And I think that does encourage you to take, especially when you're younger, right, take a bit of a chance because you can always return to it when you, when you're older. And I remember when I was thinking about it, um, I had a lot of, a lot of anxiety. I, I reckon when, before I made the leap, I was doing a lot of this stuff on the side, like you said, you know. But taking that leap takes a lot of, uh, as encouragement. And it was COVID. COVID for me, uh, the world ending is what it took for me to kind of pursue what I wanted, because it was COVID. COVID for me, uh, the world ending is what it took for me to kind of pursue what I wanted, because at that point, it's like well everything's ending anyway. <laughs> might as well go down Go down, trying. So, um, 100%. That kind of took me out of any anxiety. COVID probably made a lot of people anxious. It made me less anxious in a weird way. Um, stopped overthinking a lot of stuff. So, um, I mean, look, entrepreneurship is hard. 90% of businesses fail. Um, something I'll be working on pretty soon um, will be around this area of, you know, uh, entrepreneurs' mental health and performance. Um, so. Knowing these statistics, it's not as you know, because in the in the news, all you see is like all the good stories. So, you know, all the headlines. I probably share a lot of them as well. Startup A raised twenty million, B raised ten million. These founders got into Forbes 30 under 30. You know, they sold or exited two hundred million, and these stories seem quite um, you know. Airy-fairy, they seem quite, um, you know, uh, that it was such an easy road, um, very shiny, uh, that it was such an easy road, um, very shiny, very attractive. But in actual fact, you don't hear about all the startups that failed, that raised maybe a lot of money and then, you know, went bust, or the ones that, you know, tried for three or four years and didn't raise any money. And I think that bias sometimes can make entrepreneurship a lot more attractive. And working with a lot of different startups, um, what I've realized is, it's not always all fun and games. Uh, some of it is. It's exciting. It's a lot of hard work. But um, there's never certainty. It's a lot of hard work. But um, there's never certainty. But I think the one thing that keeps. But I think the one thing that keeps me driven or driving is that I think if you're passionate about something, you put a lot more effort in. And I think the excitement. That could go either way. It could be a toxic trait, but just um, more motivated. Then exactly knowing predicted life is not fun for me. I don't know about you. Like something that's predictable isn't as fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, with the way that the world is going and our attention spans becoming shorter and shorter, I think our generation, we we do want to explore more. We do want to challenge our professional boundaries and our creative sides and what we can achieve out of it. Um, And I totally am with you on that one. I think that's what sort of maybe puts us in that entrepreneurial category where we want to do more we want to explore more we want to be a part of x y and z um and yeah i think it's with what you said regarding the um startup funding i think it's yeah, this is something I've recently learned. I, I didn't understand the whole VC prospect um, and I've, I've been educating myself on that recently. And also reading The Mum Test. It's a, it's a good book that um, my friend Sunny, the founder of Mellon, actually introduced me to prospect um, and I've, I've been educating myself on that recently. And also reading The Mum Test. It's a, it's a good book that um, my friend Sunny, the founder of Mellon, actually introduced me to and to. And she was like, if you want to go down the entrepreneurial route, read this book and make sure that your idea is actually worth something that you would want to spend the next you know 15 10 15 years of your life or however many years of your life working on so it's really important to know what you're getting yourself into and that's why i i don't consider myself an entrepreneur yet i think i'm in the process of becoming one hopefully but i i don't think i'm there yet so hopefully we'll get there
0: I mean it's the journey i mean when i started out i started helping a few startups and then we did our own it takes time jumping into it straight away i i wouldn't advise many people do that because if you don't know what's needed in the process or or you know observe someone it you f- you find out pretty quickly how tough it is and i think you have to be 100 percent sure before jumping into it and and hopefully this will lead you down the path oh so, yeah, you know
1: i think i think for like our backgrounds because obviously we're trained in healthcare mm-hmm. so for me the challenges were mostly what do I actually need to know? It's, and that, I suppose, is being a business person because you don't know what you need to know. You sort of figure it out. Um, and I was using the example of, I bought an Apple Pencil recently. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but it's, it's something that I didn't know I needed until I got it. And I think innovators will create these products or ideas that will then lead the consumer to realise they needed it all along and before they had it they you know life was very different so and this is what i learned from steve jobs autobiography um and that's really important to understand that if you if you're going to create something yes there's going to be a demand for it but sometimes you have to create the demand for the people and that's i guess what differentiates someone who is entrepreneurial versus someone who isn't
0: i'm guessing you're a big steve jobs fan what other entrepreneurs would you look up to
1: um I would, that's a really good question. So, um, there is one that I just listened to a podcast. Um, her name is Dame. Oh, I think her name is, De- she calls herself Steve. It's Dame something. Oh my gosh, her name. Yeah. Let me find it. Hey, a woman called cool. Steve. Yeah. So basically she was a, let me, would you mind if I quickly go on my podcast? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and find it. I know I'm still on here, but let me just find it. Cause I, she basically is called Dame Stephanie Shirley. Yeah. Dame Stephanie Shirley, am I back on?
0: I can't see your video.
1: I'm back yeah, on, no. yeah. So Dame Stephanie Shirley um, is a entrepreneur who basically pioneered in tech. She was one of the first female entrepreneurs who basically changed life for women in a society uh, when women had to literally go for job interviews and ask permission for their husbands to be paid into their bank accounts, like very, very backward times. She Not. would hire women to do lots of tech work at home undercover, and she was basically known as Steve because when she would send out emails or letters, no one was, would respond to Stephanie. So she went like Not Steve. Yeah, and she's she was you know recognized by the you know she, she was given a title. She's she was I think she made the top one hundred. Isn't the influential list the richest top one hundred yeah, people? Exactly. There's a list of that. And then she gave away most of her money to charity um, and actually dropped from the list and that to her was her most proudest, proudest achievement um and she went from being an entrepreneur to a ph- philanthropist and just did so much wonderful things in the world and i think she created so much value so i think that's someone i really really look up to and i send you the podcast after after we we finished speaking yeah, it's really good. worth listening to it's really really life-changing yeah i've never heard of this actually
0: i've never heard of this yeah.
1: She's really amazing. I think I'm, I'm gonna go home and like buy loads of books <laughs> <them>. <laughs> and just just read read more up on her.
0: Yeah, she sounds interesting. Yeah, I've never come across it. It shows how male dominated this space is that yeah. the women doing something you never even hear about. I mean, yeah. I think the women that come to mind is CEO of YouTube, um, and the CEO of Twenty Three and Me because her mother wrote a book about both of them and their sisters. Um, the CEO of uh, YouTube and Twenty Three and Me. Um, and and their sisters and their mother came on Clubhouse and, and she just yeah yeah so it's pretty intense how she talked about how she raised I think her book is How to Raise Successful Kids or something like that um, but yeah it's really interesting um, because I think having role models and inspiration really helps at every kind of stage of entrepreneurship. I know one of the startups I was advising recently every meeting they would start with a quote from someone who's quite prominent and that would be kind of their north star um, and that type of stuff is quite fun in um, startups because. Um, you know, in a corporate job or in the NHS or whatever, you don't have, you just turn up to work, you go home. You, you're not, it's not really, you're not driving towards a mission, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what's fun. So I do want to move on to Emily. Um, obviously, I've told you about what I've been working on and, you know, it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> I think the matchmaking space is super difficult, as I said, <laughs> in Instagram. You're doing story. very well, though. I think
1: you are doing that's very well. I think you should give yourself credit for that.
0: Oh, thank you no but in the recent story, it's funny because i kind of like i didn't lose it but i was a bit frustrated and i was like you know what i'm not a rich auntie it's not my job i just care about tech and i shouldn't have said that because it was like yeah that's not probably what they want to hear right oh, no. but I think people know we set it up because we think we can do the app well we're not i'm not i haven't got a skill of like actually matchmaking people i think i've got an idea but i think more is coming up with a solution so yeah i mean when it comes to relationships, I've learned a lot in the last probably two years, right? Being in one myself as well. And um, it gets, I think finding someone who's compatible is not always a science, right? What I used to think it might be. It's more of an art where you could have the perfect traits, the perfect, um, you know, list of things you're looking for, but there may be no chemistry. When two people meet and I've introduced people that I think will get on and they just won't, right? So sometimes I think, it's so difficult to, because I wanted to hit it with AI algorithms and machine learning and personality <laughs> traits and, and really do that. And, and, and in the end of the day, I don't think my users even know what half of that is, right? I think, I think, like, hmm. yeah, I'm trying to like stratify things and, and maybe it was a step too far. But um, even running an in person event, I told you about which is yes, super yes. difficult. Yeah. Um, I think it's not
1: your fault. I think you have to yeah. you know, I think you hit it spot on when you said that British men value
0: football more than women. <laughs> and
1: I, I couldn't agree more. It's like words coming out of my mouth. So I think I don't think it's your fault. I have
0: to men, AI AI robots. Um uh, yeah. people's yeah. management. But yeah, so I'd like I'd love to know from your perspective, you know, even if it's friendships or whatever, meeting people, how how do you how do you think we should be making friends or relationships these days? What are some of the pain points? Uh, what things could make it easier? Do you have any ideas on that?
1: I think you have to be in a mental space to invite people into your life, whether that's friends, whether that's coworkers' workers I guess co-workers, you're sort of stuck with them, but relationships are made by choice um platonic or romantic ones and i knew for example i wasn't in a space um to get into a relationship in covid years and before that because i was at university i was um you know covid the pandemic hit we weren't mixing and also um i wanted to hit a few career milestones before i invested into a relationship space but that's just me i think i know other people that do it alongside um, and they're fine and they're really successful. I just knew that I couldn't focus on a relationship when I was doing other things um, that were really, really important to me at the time. So I think you, from my perspective, you have to be in a place to be in right people. Um, you have to also understand the, it's, I think there's, I don't know what your take on this is, but I mm-hmm. think that there's a bit of, almost like the frontal lobe has been developed for a lot of people. <laughs> and in the sense that people just think that, finding someone is the marriage the honeymoon the holidays and all the good stuff and it's not Mm. I think that people are very very complex and I'm sure you have run-ins with your friends and family members and equally you're you're going to have that with your partner too and how do you overcome those challenges are you are you mature enough to overcome those challenges and are you able to make space for them when they're happy but also when they're not happy and you know are you respectful? Are you a person that can can be a partner it's not just about expecting a partner it 's also being the right partner and i don't think a lot of people are there yet so it's you know it's it's hard to bring people together. I think I spoke to one of my um, non Muslim friends about relationships mm-hmm. and he made a really interesting comment. He was like, dating is very hard as it is,
0: mm-hmm. but I
1: guess for someone like you, there's also the cultural aspect there's also the Uh, religious expectations and what other things that you're looking for and i think that's really true so naturally i suppose with a dating app like amelie there's just a lot of things that we have to filter on and it makes things a lot harder um so it's not your fault it's just how sadly things are
0: it's too many variables like there's so many variables that (laughs) um makes it difficult and I, th- I think you explained that really well because um, they give me some of the same findings that I've had as well. Yeah. But I think what'd be interesting to know is, um, as a as a woman as a girl, um, what are some of the things you think puts off you know women off men? Th- there's certain things that would you know throw you off, um, and I'll just throw some out there like you know lack of commitment, like obvious signs that they're not they're halfway they're showing interest but they're not. That's something some people have said said. Um, our users have said that that's what they don't like. And that's why we've stopped ghosting. We've made it a very serious app. Um, then secondly, maybe things like I've heard this one that uh, this is actually probably confidential, but I'll say it very generically. Um, you know, the guy wants to live with his mother and she doesn't want to move in. That's a pretty traditional type of one. So there's like a, various factors, right? Like, you know, things can be going well and then there's one thing and then no one wants to like, you know, give it a go. So, from your perspective is there anything that you'd have to say personally maybe to your friends to your friends it comes up from your friends or anything that they say oh this is what's annoying you know guys these days are not doing abc or you know this is what puts me off or is there anything that you can share
1: i think to be honest i don't have a lot of experience as a told you before yeah. and i'm probably the, you talk you know, to your friends you must almost, talk to friends
0: yeah, your
1: I'm friends must friends, say, like hey, i, I met this guy and... he was <laughs> yes i talked to my friends and then i get put <laughs> 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 um so i i think the yeah i think what's i think what you said about commitment was really good because i think that's to me that's almost like a lack of respect if you're ghosting someone you're not respecting their time you're not sort of respecting their presence their energy towards you and having conversations is really important. If you like someone, don't like someone, have a conversation about it and give them some respect to understand why that happened. Um, and I, again, I, I think a lot of people are not in that mental space to have those difficult conversations. So they're just going to ghost. Um, other things I think that would put... It's really difficult. I think... Um, if you split the- Sorry? Hello? I think you've frozen. Hello? hello